Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to episode 12. We have a very heated and uh, debatable episode for you today, so we hope you enjoy it. We're going to be talking about the Joker movie that came out on Thursday. Uh, So that being said, if you have not seen the Joker movie, please um, fast forward this podcast. I will be putting timestamps on the on the episode so you can see when we are done talking about the Joker movie. Uh, And so that'll be the first half. And the second half, we're going to do our weekly NFL picks uh, and some uh, debate on uh, some teams in the NFL that we have some we have some differing opinions on. So when we come back, we're going to start in with the Joker review. We'll be right back. All right. So first half of the episode is going to be about the movie Joker. Uh, So, Fortunately, Nick and I actually went and saw it together. Uh, unlike the last couple movies, uh, we have you know gotten some time together, so which is good. So we got some time to spend, and um, we spent a good two and a half hours or so in the theater. Um, the movie was t- two hours long, uh, and uh, so I, I'll let Nick kick off the in- initial part of it, and we can kind of discuss how we both thought about the movie. All right, thanks. Um, so yeah, there's some spoilers in here. You got about three seconds before they start rolling out like crazy. Um, and just little backstory. We almost didn't see the movie together. Aligning schedules. That's true. Yeah, yeah. We just have ever-changing schedules. And, you know, whether it's C-Pro going on dates or me just existing in life. Um, anyway, so the movie's been a monumental success at this point, And it's the first weekend. It's made $293 million on its opening weekend on a budget of like $60 million. Which is pretty phenomenal, considering that because of the the dark side of this film, they assumed that it wasn't going to connect well. But guess what? Critics are often wrong, and people like craziness. Though, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's gotten a 69%. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, if you don't know anything about the movie, it looks like a psychological thriller. It's a very dark movie that connects um, with very contemporary issues. And so... There's a lot to be said about that. Um, I want to put a disclaimer out there because I'm passionate about it. Someone who's in the field of psychology is that this movie portrays somebody with mental illness committing an atrocity. Most people with mental illness, considering one in three people, have some sort of relation with mental illness. Um, not one in three people commit mass atrocities. So just because somebody's schizophrenic doesn't mean they're going to go shoot up a school. Uh, though this movie would indicate maybe that that could be the case. So, um, the general gist of this movie is you have Arthur Fleck, who is the Joker. If you guys don't know anything about the comics, that's the Joker. And he's a little perturbed, runs out of medications, and it doesn't go well for him. And then he kind of finds out some truths about his life that sent him over the edge. And he builds a cult following before committing a mass atrocity, which we will get into at some point during this. So... Would you just want me to begin my talking points? Yeah, yeah. Just a little a little backstory about um, Joaquin Phoenix in general. He spent time in a psych facility um, learning how to act and behave, um, uh, you know, but with someone with a, with a mental illness, he lost a ton of weight um, to really uh, embrace the character and stuff. And so another, like, quick disclaimer, you know, as we're talking about mental illness, you know, we both are super passionate about that population uh, and so um, we apologize if we offend anyone, but that's truly not our um, our intent, our purpose. So we're just truly trying to discuss the in, in, important intricacies of the movie and just kind of talk about um, kind of the, the backstory of it. So, yeah, go ahead. Why don't you start out? Um, I guess I'm going to start out with a question to you. Mm-hmm. Um, without going deep into it, just uh, do, did you like the movie? I did. I liked it a lot. Uh, as someone who works in a psych hospital, I felt actually like a personal connection to it just because it was a very interesting uh, story and detailed background of someone with a mental illness. So um, the whole movie, I was kind of immersed myself in his character um, and kind of the development of him and kind of the environment and circumstances that um, ultimately led him to this 
um, you know, a big event that he did. Um, so, and I, it was good because you have the whole like worldview of it and kind of how society is portrayed and um, how we re- react to people like that. So for me, it was, I kind of focused on him and the, de- the development of the character. Um, and I thought Phoenix did a great job. Um, it was very well done. Uh, and very dark, um, very creepy for sure. Um, but I thought it was very well done and um, it was methodical in the fact that they, they really knew kind of what type uh, what points of society to hit and kind of how to drag out certain things that needed more explaining or kind of in, in-depth analysis of. So I thought that was good. Um, but I thought it was great. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not a feel good by any means. So it's not like, you know, <laughs> I'm itching to go see it again. Um, but I thought it was very good. And I was really interested to, to, to see how Phoenix portrayed that character. So I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But let me explain why. It's not yeah. that it wasn't entertaining in a good movie. Phoenix did a phenomenal job actor, acting. It's totally a story drawn movie. So it's not going to be quick from the get go. They build a story and then they execute the, the climactic ending, right? Um, my problem with it is that we glorify in this country like atrocities. We love serial killers. Ted Bundy is so popular right now. Mm-hmm. At face value, this is a dude who just went around murdering people and ruining a generation. Um, Murder shows, crime shows, everything. Everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. granted, Game of Thrones, number one show Mm -hmm. in its peak, is just about people doing scumbaggery, as I would call it. And so I don't like – I didn't even realize what it was fully about (laughs) until we went and saw it and then was still blown away that this was – that someone okayed this movie to be made. Um, I don't like that the idea that it portrays somebody with mental illness – um committing an atrocity uh because it combines you're right it does a great job of combining like the perfect storm of somebody whose life sucks where like everything goes wrong and pushes Mm -hmm. them to the point um but they combine that with mental illness and i don't totally know that those two are connected um though i to a degree i suppose that there is no but i but i feel like but i feel like in this in this in society and in the system that people you know someone with a personal with a with a mental illness gets put into uh, whether it's, it's like a cycle, whether it's a, mm-hmm, a psych mm-hmm. facility, a therapist medications, it's like this cycle that I felt they portrayed well and, and kind of where the cracks are and kind of what needs to be done better and what, what should be done better. Um, granted. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, not everybody with a mental illness is going to do what the Joker does in this movie and, and um, murders people ultimately. But, at the same time, uh, you can see where the cracks are and how he falls through and how he progressively gets worse and ultimately makes that choice. Correct. You know? So, yeah, we'll go ahead and explain it. So here comes the big spoiler. Ready? Here's your opportunity to stop playing this podcast. <laughs> and it's over now. So essentially what he does is this dude gets uh, oppressed to the point in his life, whether it be the system failing him just people being douchebags and getting jumped in the street, his mom lying to him. It comes to a climactic finish where he just goes on a murdering spree um, for all the people who have wronged him, but it takes a while, all these murders. So that's about half the movies leading up to it. And then the second half is all the murders taking place till he finally goes on a talk show that had belittled him by playing one of his comedy standup uh, that somebody filmed and they were laughing at him. So he called him on the show and then he shoots the, the, the host on live TV. And the host is the equivalent of like Stephen Colbert in The Late Show or David Letterman, something like that, Conan. And he shoots them in front of a live audience. Uh, and there's a, there's really good points, but I don't think people are going to take these points away. Um, so, for instance, I think there's two sides of the story here and where they totally show the rich, uh, the wealthy disconnected from regular society. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important to know. Because while all this chaos is going on, the well, the wealthy in one scene are just watching a comedy in this this theater, not realizing there's these protests and civil unrest going on until they finally walk out and are confronted with it and ultimately meet their demise in, in a capacity. Um, but because of all this chaos and the disconnect, they just assume that the wealthy people are evil, which I don't think is right. Because in society, I think we just assume people are evil, like Jeff Bezos. He hasn't really done horrible things. He's just a dude who came out with a product that revolutionized our life. And 
he has made billions of dollars off it. Now, I'm, there's always better ways to spend your money, and you can have that debate. But at the end of the day, he's not like a scumbag. You could build that argument for other billionaires, but mm-hmm. for him. And then, like I said, there's two sides. But the other side is how the system is failing people with mental illness, where at one point the therapist office is going out of business. So uh, the Joker can't get his medications anymore. Services too, yeah. Yeah, and the services. services yeah. So what ends up happening is the whole movie, right? Because the system ultimately fails and there's a breakdown and nobody reports anything. And there's so many different moments to stop this. Um, ultimately, it comes to the atrocity finish. But um, I think most people are going to look at this and be like, well, the wealthy messed up. And to a degree, they did. But also, so did society in general. There were so many people that could have helped the Joker along the way. And nobody did. Mm-hmm. Okay, talk for a minute, Cam. You talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and, you know, uh, on top of, um, you know, services for medications and therapies and stuff for him continue to fall through, um, He his, his job in the beginning of the movie is being this, um, you know, minimum wage, like, sign twirler at random businesses that his boss assigns him to. And so that can be kind of a another you know, stepping stone where like, you know, people aren't given the same chance or a, or a fair chance than someone who can seemingly f- function typical, like a neurotypical functional person in society. Uh, so, you know, the fact that he, you know, was seen, you know, starting out just swinging a sign on a street corner, probably the only job that he could get or that was available to him because of his circumstances and um, he wasn't provided the, the services to kind of better himself, whether it's a job, career, or, you know, personal. Um, so it just kind of starts out in the very bottom and kind of you see just where he is at his baseline and kind of just how he just completely falls apart, <laughs> um, which is unfortunate. Started from the bottom, now we lower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's... So it's a well, go ahead. What? So I don't know. Like, there's a lot that I feel about this movie. We talked about it before. There's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> but so something else. So like right before he shoots the the Robert De Niro, right? He's the late night show host. He says to Robert De Niro, you're you're a scumbag. And Robert De Niro says, no, I'm not. And he goes, you play this clip so the audience could laugh at me. And then you invited me on your show so you could laugh at me. You're a horrible person. So Robert De Niro is like, I'm not a horrible person. You don't know anything about me. And then he shoots him. And so I think the point here is right in ways that you empathize with both sides, but you don't realize that we all do that. So for instance, there's a large portion of society that thinks Jeff Bezos is a horrible person, just like society assumed that in, in the billionaire. And this was um, Tom Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father, Batman's father uh, before he dies. And so Tom Wayne is this bad guy, but they don't know anything about Tom Wayne. They only know that he has a ton of money and he speaks on TV. And and he, well, and he wants to run for mayor. And then he wants to run for mayor. Jeff Bezos, similarly, people call him a scumbag. We don't know anything about Jeff Bezos. We know he's cheated on his wife, but does that make him an inherently evil person? I don't know. And so I think there's like a point where you sympathize with the Joker saying, like, how could you invite him on this show? But we don't know Robert De Niro's character all that well. We just know he's a late night show host who's getting told to do stuff and getting paid. But we, But one thing we do know, though, is that the Joker looked up to him in his life. Mm. And so there's another part of the, the, the psychological cycle here too, is that uh, growing up um, there have been, there were, there were multiple times in this movie where the Joker and his mom were at home watching um, this show, which was De Niro. Um, and they, he, he dreamed about being on that show. His, his mom dreamed about being on that show. They, they, that was something that they connected on together and loved to watch. And so the fact that it built up to the point of, uh, of him being on the show, not because of something that he did, you know, positively, they were making fun of him for his comedy bit. Uh, and it was like, I mean. Let's be honest; it was terrible. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, De-, De Niro's um, receptionist, you know, calls the Joker and is like, "Hey, uh, we had your video on our show, and we got a, you know great responses. Like, you should you should come on to the show and talk about your comedy bit, and you know, talk to this guy." And he was super pumped about it. But at the same time, in the back of his head, he knew 
really what the underlying uh, reason was. And so he, and so the Joker actually was planning on killing himself. Yeah. Um, at the show. And so um, I don't really know. It's kind of hard to tell when he kind of flipped that switch. It's probably during the um, moment, right? Because once he yeah, realized. Yeah. Once he realized that it was really De Niro that put him up to, up to this, to be embarrassed in front of all of these people. Um, because the Joker, that is the career that he really wanted to. He loved to do stand up. He loved to write jokes. He had this journal that had uh, all kinds of jokes in it and he would storytell and stuff. Um, it wasn't great. You know, obviously, like his content wasn't good and he tried a couple times during the movie to do stand up and it, <laughs> it just didn't go well. And that was one of the clips that um, this talk show host, you know, stole. Um, so not only was that like his dream to be a comedian and to make people laugh, but also this talk show host that he looked up to greatly let him down, um, incredibly, um, In by making moment. fun of him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think also this is okay. So at one point he murders these three people and they're all rich businessmen. And so it makes these news. Everybody's terrorized. And this is what pisses me off more than anything. And this is not a political podcast, but I'm going to get a little political. Cam doesn't know it's coming, but it's coming. <laughs> so this is a great metaphor for society, right? So they're fo like, there's other murders going on. And the movie talks about that. The Joker actually talks about that himself, saying, like, if I died, you wouldn't even notice me. But because rich people died, you notice them. I think all the time that when there's mass shootings, everybody notices. But, you know, in, in Chicago, in inner city Chicago, when there's 30 people who die in a weekend, that barely makes the news. And I get so mad when we talk about the gun issue and pulling away guns. But it's like, if we if we honestly looked at the facts, handguns kill far more people. They're responsible for 50% of all gun-related deaths. Handguns alone, one type of gun, punching the, the table by accident. And so it's all I could think of is like that they focus on these three people dying, nobody else dying. It's no different than us. It's like, oh, well, this was a, a middle-class society that was shot up. And well, why? Yeah, but why? Why was it? Why were they on the news and only them? Because they were rich, mm -hmm. and that's like today's society. We only care about the mass shootings that involve rich people. When there's thirty people that die of gunshots in inner city Chicago on a weekend, that barely makes the news. Nobody cares. Nobody's talking about gun violence and getting rid of guns. Then mm -hmm. they only care when it affects you know mm -hmm. people who aren't of lesser status, socio. Mm -hmm. Well, I shouldn't say status, socioeconomic status. So. Not to get too political. I just get really fired up about it because it's like relates. I'm a criminal justice major and I, I know the data and I know that what people care about and what they don't, what people want to make the news and they don't. So mm -hmm. this movie really related to that. Um, I have one final question, but do you have anything else to say before I. No, I mean, there, uh, you know, leading up to those three uh, murders on the train of those three rich white guys. Um, you know, he had co-workers and stuff that were working with him at uh, this, um, you know, low level, I don't even know, minimum wage, like, like basement level. I don't even know what it was, like some kind of marketing agency where they go out and, you know, uh, promote these small businesses. They enabled him, too, by giving him guns yeah. and kind of like the whispering in his ear, like, oh, like, don't let anyone mess with you. Like, that's that's BS. Like, make sure you take care of yourself, <laughs> stuff like that. So it's the enabling, too, that's um, which is what we do. And as, as well in society with um, some of these people, it's like we don't we, we don't even really realize what we're doing and ultimately uh, leads him to kill uh, five total people actually in the in the movie, right? It was five total, and they were all in ways you understood why he killed them. Not that it was right, but you understood why. Yes, exactly. Um, but what's your final question? So, just kind of as we wrap this up, I just I keep coming back to this question: Is this movie okay to make? Was this an okay movie to make? Because it's the Joker. The last person to play was Heath Ledger, so you know, obviously, it's been very successful. A lot of people are going to go see this. Well, it's already made. A crap ton of money. Yeah, so. almost three hundred million dollars in its opening weekend. Opening weekend, yeah, could be uh, you know eight hundred million when it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. Well, that's depends on who on who you ask. I'm asking I think, you. No, I, I know, I know, <laughs> but I, I, it truly is. It depends on who you ask. Uh, in my opinion, I believe that it is. I believe that people need to understand um, that we put certain people on pedestals and vice versa. And so we should realize that um, 
it's it should be a counteract society, right? Like you should give and take rather than putting somebody on a pedestal. And if this person gets affected, all hell is going to break loose. But and on the opposite spectrum, if there's somebody in a lower economical status or somebody in a mental illness facility or someone that has an intellectual disability, that automatically we are forced to put them through, oh, just put them through services. They'll take care of them. Yes. You know? So, I mean, as someone, you know, as someone who's worked in the field and can understand the difficulties of the cycle per se, um, I think it is necessary because I think people need to know kind of what, you know, what, what society is being portrayed like and what kind of people were being on the other side. I don't know if that makes sense. No, but no, for sure. I think, I, I think it does. Um, but as someone who didn't like the movie, what do you think? All right. So in the dream world, this movie should be made if you can empathize with the situation. And this is key. I don't think you can, as you're a listener. I don't think people will approach this film, seeing it from both sides, that the rich people weren't necessarily wrong. They just didn't understand. And that the the poor people, the lower class in this, were also wrong because they went chaotic and then uplifted the Joker. He ends up being like a celebrity. And they uplift this guy to a celebrity status when he's crazy and he killed people. He murdered people. That's not the society we are. So I don't think people can empathize understanding all the sides and that you need to realize that like it wasn't one moment that made the Joker go on these, these killing spree. Yeah, it was a series of events. A ton of microaggressions. And, mm-hmm. Well, I guess they'd be actually macroaggressions technically, but we don't need to get in the psych of that. Anyway, many moments in his life led him to this and we don't understand what we do to people. And if you can view it like that, realizing you need to not be so harsh on people and rude to people because you don't know what on earth is wrong with them. Um, it's the two extremes. But then the other thing is, I also know the statistical data is that things happen in clusters. So, for mm-hmm. instance, uh, mass shootings, um, there's some evidence that suggests they happen in clusters. But like things like suicide, if there's a suicide at a high school, they happen in clusters. So if there's one, within the next three weeks, there's likely to be another. Uh, in a very high probability, and these things can happen uh, repeatedly. My worry is that somebody who's depressed and wants to get felt will see this movie, and it portrays feelings of being seen for your for your atrocity. And I, I don't like that. It makes me nervous. And so, I, because America sucks right now, in ways, America's awesome in ways, but for the climate of how hostile we are and crazy it is, I would say that this movie maybe it's too much. It's so relatable to the climate. And maybe you'll see this and be like, Nick, you're being sensitive. And guess what? Welcome to America. Um, I just, yeah. I think with the current climate, I don't know that this was the best movie to make. Yeah. Well. It was a good are, movie. People though. are still going to see it. <laughs> For sure. It was I a mean, good movie. Yeah. I just didn't. It makes me nervous. Yeah. No, it, it's definitely uh, on the edge. <laughs> on the edge of it. Very you know, graphic. Do not bring your kids. Yeah. I mean, well, there were, there were signs for weeks before the movie came out in the theater saying, this is super graphic. It's violent. It's creepy. Like, do not take your kids to this, see this film. Uh, it so. is worse than Deadpool, and you'll know what we mean when you see it. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, that's our movie review on the Joker that came out this past Thursday. We hope you enjoyed it. When we come back, we're going to talk some football. We'll be right back. All right, well, welcome back to the second half of the episode where we talk about some sports. Um, but first, we forgot to mention in the first half, um, if you do want to uh, reach out to us and let us know how you feel about the movie, uh, please uh, reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at RealTBPodcast or email us at RealTBPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback on the movie and kind of how you felt uh, about it and if it was appropriate for society today. Uh, all right, moving on to uh, some football news. Nick, I'll let you segue into our next uh, topic. All right, guys, time to get fired up. If you're not a Patriots fan, you know exactly what's up. If you're a Patriots fan, screw you. I'm sick of it, and I'm putting you on blast, and we're going to have an interview and just talk about the hypocrisy that is Patriots Nation. Cam doesn't totally know how fired I am about this, but he just before this, I was <laughs> hooting and hollering. So he has a little bit of an idea, but I'm sick of it, and it doesn't make any sense. And I just need the confession of bias to come out, and it won't come out. And you'll hear this interview, and you'll see what I'm saying. So I'm sick of it. It's happening now. If you're a Patriots fan, buckle up, buttercup. 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, turn this off. Turn this off <laughs> right now. Don't listen to this part. Go ahead. Okay. So we just watched the Kansas City Colts game. Kansas City lost. Cam throughout the game was just like, oh, well, they're they threaten the dynasty. I don't want them to win. They went he went all over this. And then he's the one who says they're gonna blow them out of the water by 15 points. Some would say that's a two-score game. I would say that's two scores and a field goal. Um, that's its own issue. Anyway, all of this, and then Cam states that, what was it, the Texans? The Eagles and the Cowboys. Have a better chance at beating the Patriots and most likely will be their only or multiple loss of the season. But the Chiefs, don't worry about it. So, I was pissed off when I heard that because Patrick Mahomes is obviously a really good quarterback, though he's crippled and is going to be out next week, in my opinion. Hasn't been announced. Cam disagrees with me. So, I got one question for you to start this off. What's up? Patrick Mahomes, what's your issue? Patrick Mahomes, if he plays 15, 16, 17, 18, 20 years and is healthy, he is going to be up in the conversation with Brady, Montana, Manning, all of those guys. Okay? So, as a Patriots fan... I would like to see the Patriots dynasty last as long as possible. 20 years hasn't been enough for you. Oh, no, it's never enough. <laughs> no. And so, listen, Nick, Nick, for whatever, well, I do know the reason why. Nick loves Patrick Mahomes, okay? He loves Patrick Mahomes not only for his skill and his athletic ability, but because of the threat to the Patriots dynasty. So... We naturally have that, you know, disagreement, <clears throat> if you will. Um, and so from the time that I've been watching the Patriots this season, I've, we've obviously watched it. Well, I've watched every single game, every single minute of every single game. And personally, I don't think the Patriots have had a defense this good since maybe the early 2000s when they had you know, Harrison, Bruschi, and Vrabel, and I think this is their best defense in, in the Belgic era. This yes. is their best defense. This is, I think, by far, this is their best de defense, with the exception, like I said. Granted, right now, the Patriots offense is kind of sputtering. They don't have a running game. A couple of the receivers are hurt. And so what the Pats are forced to do right now is to game manage. Their defense has been incredible. And, but then again, I think the combined records – of the teams they've played is four, five, nine. It's like four and 13, four and 14. Which the Bills so, are the ones with the 3-0 right. record. There. Yeah, the, the 4 and record. Well, they're 4-1 and one now. Yeah, so uh, the teams that they've played have not been good. So we... But how's the segue in the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes? I know, I know. Okay. So from the early looks of it, the defense is way better than it has ever been. The Chiefs... Defense is the same as last year, possibly a little worse. Trash. They're they're banged up. They're banged up. It's not good. Patrick Mahomes going into the season has had the same weapons. We beat the Chiefs twice last year. Once by a field goal and once by six. This year, our defense has improved. Tyreek Hill has been hurt. He'll be back by the time the Pats play the Chiefs. Mahomes is a little banged up. He'll be fine. He's not missing any games. Promise. Okay. He's not, he's not well, missing any games. He he couldn't scramble. If you take that away from your Deshaun Watson, hang on, hang on, your Carson Wentz. I'm not taking – it's just he's he was a different player once he got hurt. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> so, in week 14, it'll be for home field advantage with the increase in the pass defense, the Chiefs banged up defense, and um, Mahomes has banged up weapons. I – I am sticking to my 15-point victory in Week 14. My reasoning behind the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Texans, okay? First of all, Bill O'Brien on the Texans literally has been sucking Bill's you-know-what for a very long time. I don't know what. Can you explain? No. Okay. And so <laughs> he's never had success against Belichick. Maybe one or two wins, but in his career with the Houston Texans, he's been embarrassed multiple times. You never know when you have a coach on the other sideline that knows the Belichick way. You just n never know. I don't even, I don't care about history. You just never know. So, listen, 
all the Pats need is a unlucky bounce, a injury, uh, uh, I don't even know, like a shanked field goal. Our kicking team has been terrible this year. All you need is one mistake for any team to beat you, really. But the fact that we don't play the Cowboys or the Eagles every year, we play them every four years, and Houston has Bill O'Brien that knows the Belichick system. Um, I feel that one of those three teams has a better chance at beating the Patriots than the Chiefs do, who we've seen twice already this year, and we're going to watch them for the next twice eight weeks until we see them. We, see them? we played them twice last year in the playoffs and in the oh, season. I think so, twice this year. No, we played them twice last year. So um, I feel like the two teams that we only see once every four years – and the Houston Texans, who have Bill O'Brien that know the system, are more likely to get a lucky or a lucky bounce, whatever, against the Pats. I, the the Pats are not going on. Are gonna, are not going to go undefeated. Like okay, that's, that's all right. So thing. I got I got to interject at this point. So go okay. ahead. I don't understand your bias just against the Chiefs. All right, last year obviously Patrick Mahomes was in his rookie season. He's versing Tom Brady. He went into Gillette. He was clearly shaken. Definitely his first time. But the second half, he came out better. I'm concerned about his health at this point. I don't know if he's going to make it through the season. If, just with that ankle injury, I could see him missing like four weeks. Well, stop scrambling then. But, but that's his style. That's like telling Tom Brady to roll outside the pocket and run for 10. It's just not going to happen. Um, well, injuries are a part of the game. Like you, you, but listen, you, 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 you have to adapt. Russell Wilson ran. Okay, a- so no. No, because the year that Tom Brady went down and you didn't win a Super Bowl, no one was looking at the Pats like, hey, injuries are part of the game. You lost Tom Brady. If you lose Patrick Mahomes, yes, you yes, lose the team. Yes, they were. No, they yes, were. they were. Who was upset? Who was this like, they underperformed? Who in their right mind? I want you to find Listen, articles the one, for next week. The one year the one year they he went down, they went 11-5 and five and didn't make the playoffs. And okay? who was sitting there like, oh, they underperformed with their backup quarterback? Nobody well, thought that. Everybody... Everybody that watches football because they weren't supposed to not make the playoffs. But they knew Tom Brady was down. It's kind of like we had a third Steelers had a third string quarterback in today. No one's like, you know, who's going to win their division? The Steelers this year with their third string quarterback. That's a stupid thought. If you think that you're numb and you don't understand how important the quarterback is to sports. I don't understand what what's your argument. Injuries are a part of the game. If Mahomes gets hurt, that's not that's like we didn't. I didn't put Juju on Patrick Mahomes for him to friggin' bust his ankle. No, I'm Injuries just, are a part of the game. But I'm saying if he's healthy with Tyreek Hill. The, uh, we beat him twice with Tyreek Hill last year. Okay. Again, that was his first year in the league. This is his first year in the league. That okay. matters. That matters. Experience is key. All right. This okay, year, fine. I think he's got a lot more. And I just don't understand how you could say Dak Prescott, who just revealed his true colors today. All right. He's not the first three weeks of Dak Prescott we, we saw. He's true colors who threw for 425 yards and three touchdowns today. And who won? It doesn't matter. He had a bomb game. Yeah, he had three shitty picks. Okay. Enough said. When push comes to shove, you're throwing picks, you're throwing picks. Picks don't win games. Turnovers and penalties lose games. All I'm saying injuries. is the fact – well, yeah, but then I'm not like you. I think though injuries are a part of the game, there are injuries that take your team out of the playoffs. Period. There's just certain players get injured, you're done. Um, if you're the, the Steelers, that's a poor example. The Steelers weren't probably making the playoffs anyway. If Baker Maker, <laughs> Baker oh, Maker, boy. yeah, here we go. We're uh, off the rails. Okay. Anyway, all I'm saying is, if everybody's healthy versus the Pats, to assume that they'll perform worse than the Cowboys, I think shows your bias, and that you're just you don't like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and that you're nervous around. Him. Why? Why? Why do I have to like every team? You don't have to like them, but there's a, a heavy bias, and you're not you're not being. Objective, you're being subjective. You're just like, I don't like this guy, and I don't want him to succeed. So you just told you why. I I just told you why I thought they had a better chance than the Chiefs did. Okay, but that's I don't know. I just think that's absolutely absolutely ridiculous. Do you think the Cowboys, the Cowboys, Jason Garrett and the Cowboys, the Cowboys were one play away from the NFC title game last year? Okay, they are not. I, I it's it's egregious what you're saying right now is that the Cowboys are better than the Chiefs. I'm not saying they're better than the Chiefs. Well, who's a play away? What do you mean? The, what do you who mean? was a play away from like the championship? Well, like, the Chiefs were a coin flip away from the championship. <laughs> I mean, the Chiefs were a coin flip away. Correct. So they're better. That's my my point is that you take this team that can compete with the Pats, and then you assume that you're just going to blow them out. And two scores is a blow. It's based on experience. We've we've played the Chiefs twice last year. Okay, but you've also lost we're, to the Chiefs in the past. We have, and they didn't have Mahomes. They had Alex Smith. They're be- no, they're not better because their defense is trash. I don't know. 
I'm just saying, your Doug Peterson argument, listen, add up. Listen, their defense hasn't gotten any better, and they're going to have the same weapons that they had last year. So why would the result be any different? The Pats' defense is better. And the Pats' weapons last year, minus Gronk. Now, granted, so you, the you Pats didn't handedly win any of those games. No, they didn't. Okay, that's what's different is that they got they got the coin flip. They got they got these lucky things. Right, and, but I'm saying that the difference is this year is the Chiefs' defense is worse and the Pats' defense is incredibly better. I don't know. I'm just frustrated because Carson Wentz and the Eagles are not as good as the Chiefs. Not even the ballpark. But you're like, we'll struggle with the Eagles. Probably they might actually deliver a loss, but the Chiefs are no problem. You're you're knocking off the Chiefs just because you don't like Patrick Mahomes. That's not why. I literally just told you why i literally it just it, laid it out for you but it doesn't why? make sense it doesn't make that's that sounds like a personal problem no because then you could say well doug peterson we played him in the super bowl and now he has a lesser quarterback than the one who beat us you know <laughs> what the? oh my god no listen the eagles the cowboys are the two that have a better chance of beating the patriots because we do we do not play them and the texans is a know. stupid a stupid excuse because o'brien it's not bill o'brien you can't say, oh, well, you know, they could always beat it. That's come how on. The, how, the, how do they do today? No, no. I'm, I'm talking about the uh, Bill Belichick versus ex coaches. Has that ex coach beat him yet? Has an ex coach. Do you not remember Patricia's first game against Belichick last year with the Lions? They, they killed the pass last year. Oh, I don't remember that. It was like 33 to 13 or something. And it was like week three. And everyone was like, holy it's, crap. It's preseason for the Pats, but we don't. That's a different Okay. Conference. Okay, I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah. I think it's egregious, and I think it's personal. No, nope. listen. Is he is listen? Do I want to see the Chiefs fail? Absolutely, because I want the dynasty to keep going. Because it's also. Let's be honest. I think it's. I think it's just because Patrick Mahomes, if he continues like his skills, I don't know that I've seen a quarterback who's ever played better than him, um, at his current skill level. Yeah, that's true. I it, mean, and so yeah. I think like that if he continues. Is like, wait a second, Tom Brady's right now. We can all agree Tom Brady's easily the best quarterback who's ever played the game. Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes somehow played well, at this level. Okay, but yeah, so yes, Tom Brady is the GOAT because of his longevity stats and everything. However, Patrick Mahomes may be the most athletic quarterback that anyone's ever seen right now. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're just they're it's different, they're different comparisons. And if he plays for 15 years, then yeah. I think it's threatening to be like he could take the GOAT status away. I didn't say he could take it away. He's got he's got a lot of work to do. Well he's gotta get a six, lot of work. He's to got do. he gotta get six rings. I mean it, well, okay, so if he in my opinion, if if he gets half, if he gets two or three and is, you know, top three or four in the same records, sure. I mean, it's a, it's just a lot. There's a conversation a, a at that point. No, no one's ever played as long as Tom Brady has. That's the only thing. It's, Minus Brett Favre. It's the longevity. Yeah, Brett Favre played with <laughs> Brett Favre. Uh, Brett Favre played with no, negative cartilage in his arm for the last five years. But I think my my problem, and I think the NFL's problem, minus New England, is that you don't give Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs the credit they deserve. And maybe why, not, maybe, why, not, maybe why? not the Chiefs. You don't give Patrick Mahomes the credit he deserves. And that's really frustrating to hear and just be like, bro, you've had the best quarterback for 20 years. Just admit this dude is freaking awesome. At yes. Okay. I he I have never said he's not awesome. Is he better than Tom Brady? Not 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 career-wise, no, but not as the as, best player to ever play the game. But if they if who would perform better? Like who do you want? Okay. Well, who do you want down by a touchdown? Who do you want with two minutes left? Uninjured? And three touchdowns and un, un, uninjured, yeah. Today, Patrick Mahomes. Okay, well, that's where we differ then. I just think Patrick Mahomes is a more skilled player. Okay, that's um, fine. You go back like three years with Tom Brady? Probably Tom Brady. Well, what's different from then and now? He's just not the MVP anymore. I don't, I don't. What do you mean? Yeah, of course. He's, you can't be the MVP every year like Mahomes is going to be. Let me tell you about Peyton Manning. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so his, so Tom Brady – so Tom, Tom – so Tom Brady three years ago, so you would you would take rather than Tom Brady now, okay. over over Mahomes. Why? Like what in those three years? What what have you seen decline in Tom Brady? And it could just be the system that Tom Brady was in with the weapons that he had. I'm just saying, like at Tom Brady was three years ago when he had the two to twenty eight ratio. Was uh, that his MVP year? Three years ago, that was Matt Ryan's MVP year. Three years ago. Okay, so my off, point is, but like my, my big yeah, point yeah, yeah. is that Patrick Mahomes minus the he got end. suspended that year. Yeah, so he only yeah. played. Uh, yeah. 12 games. His ratio was yeah. unprecedented. Yeah. But, like, for instance, Mahomes, he was, he's on pace for 600, 600 6,000 yards. 
and almost 50 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's crazy numbers. That's like Aaron Rodgers in his prime, right? Minus the six thousand. It's like right. a hybrid of Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. So I don't you, know. Okay, I just, so how many? So how many drives have you seen Patrick Mahomes do in two minutes and just be flawless? Have not watched. And how many have you seen Tom Brady do? Uh, well, that's the, okay. You have twenty years of sampling, uh, and then but in the last three years, like you said, in the last three years, two years because he didn't play. Okay, that. two years, two and a half years. I don't know how many fourth quarter drives that Mahomes has led. Okay, uh, okay. Well, listen, you, if you're still taking Mahomes with two minutes left, I, for when you're only seeing him for a year and a half over somebody who's been doing it for twenty years, come on. So you think you think Brady's as good as he's ever been? You think he can still like? In a two-minute drive, down by three, seven, or eight, I'm taking Breeze. I'm taking Breeze. I'm taking Brady over Mahomes right now. Yeah, that's crazy. To me. That's crazy. I think that's. that's I mean, that's what it is. But you say that, and just, I don't know. Anyway, clearly we're not gonna we're not gonna agree here. Um, Listen, Patrick I, Mahomes is a, a tremendous athlete. He's a great quarterback already. He's super young. Hopefully, he stays healthy. I really do. However. Longevity is real, and you gotta stay healthy for all, whatever years, however many years, and That's true, and that not only now listen, I, we've had the Brady Belichick argument a ton recently about who's better, or like who's more, you know, more in control and whatever. It's Brady. <clears throat> it's Brady. It's not, but anyway. So it also has to do with the system, right? The system Andy Reid. Andy Reid is notorious for being great in the regular season and shit in his pants in the playoffs. Notorious for it. He had that one year when he went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Pats. He went to the NFC Championship a bunch, though. Yeah. Couldn't win one. Listen, so this is like the Patriots' delusion, well, is that you assume that people can replicate Belichick. It's not possible. When did I say that? No, no, but I'm, like... All I'm saying, that's, the NFC I'm championship. Saying that's part of the recipe, though. But that's how, how can you fault someone for going to the NFC Championship a bunch? And then be like, oh, well, you lost in the NFC Championship. Listen, it's like for any other person besides Belichick, that's really good. If you take Belichick out of the equation, that's a pretty good freaking standard. Yes, but for Andy Reid, who was considered one of the best coaches in the NFL to never have won a Super Bowl and have gone to the NFC Championship game a bunch of times and only won once, says a lot that, like, yes, he does. He has had great teams and great players, but he just gets to a certain point. And for whatever reason, I don't know. Tries to outcoach the other coach or shit's a brick. I don't really know what happens, but well, it's still- it. The system is part of the entire wheel. Listen. And listen, it's whether you think it is or not. You take Brady out of that equation, you might got a couple rings, but you ain't having six. Okay, right. I. That's not what I said though. I said it's probably even. It's not even. Yes, it is. Or it's or or it's sixty forty Belichick. I think the it's diff- 60 40, 65 35, Belichick, in my opinion. Belichick to Brady. No way. Yes. No way. Yes. I think you put him in it Tomlin's system. system. I think you put him in, you take Who? Brady, you put, you take Brady, put him in Tomlin's system. I think Brady still wins plenty of Super Bowls. Okay. Tomlin has a great system, though. You, you put Tom Brady in Miami. He's not winning shit. Okay. That's unfair. That's not a great comparison. But that's what you I'm saying. You, you, you can't put the greatest of all time with another greatest of all time franchise. That's not how it works. But that's what I'm saying. Is the system isn't what made Tom Brady. It just allowed Tom Brady to skyrocket to the greatest quarterback that ever played the game. There's one thing. There's one thing that Tom Brady had, and he knew that he had from the very beginning, and that was his mind. Yeah. That was his mind. He was like, I am not the fastest. I am I'm not the cut the the most fit. Okay. <laughs> I don't have the greatest arm strength, but I have the mind and the drive. And that's what he did. He worked his ass off. His mind now, the only other mind that I would probably take in his prime over Brady was probably Peyton Manning. Pey- Peyton Manning's forget. He didn't need an offensive coordinator. It, it's yeah. Insane, yeah. But anyways, Brady's mind and motivation is unparalleled. That is the that is the one thing that he has. And that I mean, and that was it. Now. Granted, it was a perfect storm. Listen, like one in a friggin' million chance that the six round pick goes. Six, a six round pick Gardner goes Michu. to Gardner Yeah, right. All right. Anyways, um, so we're not going to agree on this. All right. This like our arguments are. I think. I think at the root of where I'm at is that I feel that Patriots Nation doesn't appreciate the Madden like. For those who don't know, what Madden is it's a video game, but Patrick Mahomes Madden like play. Uh, I don't think you appreciate it. I don't. I think you diminish it with your like 
yeah, I guess. And like the act of like you downplay his abilities and it's, it's fun to watch. It's how I was with Aaron Rodgers for years. Cause he beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl, Right. Okay, so are you going to still feel it's the same way when he's in 15 years from now and he's still killing everybody? Well, how many Super Bowls does he keep destroying the uh, league? Three or four. Oh, it'll piss me off. Okay. Absolutely. It comes in circles. There's well, always going to be, there's always going to be a bad guy. Him. It's not fair. Um, it's not right. Okay. Anyway, we're running out of time. So, uh, we could go round and round with this. I'm pissed off. Um, so Nick Nick is just butthurt that Brady is still beating Mahomes. That's not what I'm butthurt about. I I, I agree with you. I think the Pats are going to beat the Chiefs. I don't think it'll be by 15. I think I'm the one who said I think the Pats could go 16 and 0. And you're like, no, 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 they'll lose. I think that the Pats could go 16 and 0 again, which is bananas. Um, since it's only happening more weapons. I think you can do it with what you got. I think your defense is so next level. It is. It is like the 2000 Ravens. All right. Um, Anyway, and I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm a Steelers fan. And it hurts to say that, but you know, call a spade a spade. Listen, listen, listen. Big Ben hasn't done much for Pittsburgh the last couple of years. He's just, he's just grasping at straws here. And Patrick Mahomes just happens to be the biggest straw. Uh, Who's the quarterback who threw for more yards than Patrick Mahomes last year? Did Did he make the playoffs? Okay, that's a failed coaching system. Oh, oh, so now we're talking about system. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking about systems. Listen, our defense Get the frig out was of here. garbage last year. That here. was nothing to do with Ben. Yeah. And Antonio okay. Brown melted down. Lady yep. on Bell held out. Okay. Yep. We did the best for what we could. You go into a garbage disposal and you tell me what you come up with. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So, um, into picks. Into picks. Um, it hurts me to say this. This is, this is humbling. But Cipro Cam has moved up. By five games total on me on the season. I'm at 46, 30, and one, which makes Cam at 51, 25, and one. It's five games, ladies and gentlemen. And how many do we have different uh, for week six? Three. Okay. If I nail this week, I'm still behind by two games. Mm-hmm. The three games that separate us are the Panthers and Bucks. Who did I do? I forget who I chose. You took the Bucks. I took the Bucks. Okay. I we actually talked about this before the podcast real quick. Uh the Bucks might be underrated. Uh I'm not saying like we need to be focusing on the Bucks here. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying slightly underrated. Slightly underrated. They marched into and they marched into LA last week and put up 53. I think they put up 53 in LA last week. Um and no, 55. They they put up 55 in LA last week. This week can't say they did the same. This week, uh, they got beat by the Saints by a touchdown. Um, Saints have a great defense. Teddy Two Gloves has surprisingly been overwhelming or overperforming um, yes, than we yes. thought he was. Um, so um, I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are a little uh, a little sleeperish. Um, they're gonna they're they're going back home, um, and you know uh, their home crowd. I don't really know. They they they'll be they'll be on and then they'll show up and just nobody will be there. So I don't really know what kind of crowd they're going to get next week. However, um, I just feel like the Kyle Allen experiment hits a buzzsaw in Tampa Bay, um, and their defense puts up puts up a good stink. And Jameis slinging Winston the last two weeks will keep at it. Um, I picked the Panthers, and because until somebody can stop Christian McCaffrey, I, I how do you root against them at this point? Because Christian McCaffrey said, how much, how much do I have to do? I'll do more than that this week. No problem. Hold my beer. I couldn't believe it when he passed the Bud Light on the sideline to his coach and said, hold this for me. And then went out and played the game of his life. Also, wait, hang on a second. Listen, the Panthers got one dude. Is he being like double teamed and he's still getting out of these double teams? Like how, like we've seen it again and again, the Patriots double team a wide receiver or running back and shut your superstar down and make you beat us with your second and third strengths. What, how is this not a thing with McCaffrey? I don't get it. I think I'm going to look into this. I'm going to look in the past weeks and next week's episode. I'm going to tell you if he has been double teamed or not, because if not, these teams are dumb, are dumb. The dude had 232 total yards today with three touchdowns. Uh, Put three or four guys on the frigging guy and make someone else beat you. They have like, nobody that's else ridiculous. on that team. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So the Bucks are going to wake up. And Bruce Arians is going to put two or three bodies on him at all times. He is a small white guy that looks pretty big. Just keep him in check. 
Good Keep luck. Check. Good luck. Hey. When that happens, I'll believe it. Next up, the Finns and the Dolphins. I picked the Finn. Uh, sorry. <laughs> the Dolphins and the Redskins. I picked the Dolphins. He picked the Redskins. Okay. Why? Okay. <laughs> Why is this even a thing? Why are we defending these teams here? This is terrible. Uh... <laughs> it's such a bad game. Listen, the Redskins D-line looked decent today against the uh, Patriots. And by decent, I mean only lost by 25. Um, and the Dolphins didn't look any worse because they were on by this week. So, um, listen, the Dolphins, everybody wants out. They already traded Minka. They traded Tunsil. They're going to trade Kenyon Drake. They'll probably trade someone else. They trade Kenny Stills. They're 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 just a dumpster fire rolling downhill, and there's nothing in the way of this of this fire. Um, and I think that <sighs> Colt McCoy is going to go into Miami and do business. I I, there's, I don't even know how to defend. I, that I got I got two two reasons the Dolphins are going to win. Chosen Rosen. one is chosen Rosen. That's one reason. <laughs> but if you look at their their combined things, they're zero and nine. Their combined records. That means one has less losses than the other. It's basic math. The Dolphins have less losses because of this bye week, yep. which means they're going to win. There's no science behind this. this is the Guess who's favored? The Redskins. Yep. Well, that's because Vegas is no shit. Um, <laughs> uh, lastly, no, that's just a stupid game that nobody cares about. Don't watch it. The net. Lastly, um, ending the show shortly. Bill Simmons has said it perfectly himself. It's the poop factor. <laughs> Dumpster fire. Um, Vikes versus the Eagles. I picked the Vikes. My man picked the Eagles. Listen, you all know I'm on the Carson Wentz hype train. Uh, he's not winning MVP. Nick lets me know that every Sunday, so I've already heard that enough. Um, however, when there's you know a debate that comes up, I got to support my guy. I love Carson Wentz, so um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, the Vikings seem to do every other week. Like they'll have a good week and then they'll have a shitty week. They had a great week this week. Adam Thielen uh, was on another level. And so uh, I think all the Vikings superstars come down to earth. And I think the Viking or the Eagles go into Minnesota and take the game. Um, you could burn with the Eagles because you think that they could beat the Pats. So you can burn with them. Um, the Vikes, Adam Thielen lit a fire under Kirk Cousins' butt and it showed. And I think that's going to continue. I think uh, the team's all on the same page now. And we'll see that. And it's that what I was about to say was a lie. So that's it. Um, <laughs> so th those are our differing picks this week. Everything else was the same. And we have, uh, I have the Browns tomorrow night and Nick has the 49ers. So um, I could be up six or up four after tomorrow. So uh, we will let you know about our picks uh, next week. Thank you all for listening again. And if you want to send us an email, or contact us on any social media. Uh, it's at Real TV Podcast, and our email is at, at Real TV Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out the Joker movie and let us know how you feel. And we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening in. Peace out. Later.